0: Welcome, everybody, to another live recording of the Linking the Travel Industry podcast, where we discuss travel industry news you are talking about on LinkedIn. My name is Rian, and I'm one of your hosts today. I am the CEO of Agentivity, a travel data platform of choice for leading travel management companies in more than 65 markets worldwide. You can read more about us at agentivity.com.
1: And I'm Anne, and I work as a consultant with both LeapShift and Dava. I'm happy to help you with anything related to distribution, NDC, One Order. I also work as an instructor for both IATA and AeroClass.
2: Hi, everyone. My name is Ash, and I'm the host of a weekly business travel podcast called What's Up in Business Travel, where we give you only the important updates in business travel in under 15 minutes. You can access it at businesstravel360.com. Additionally, I'm the vice president at Traxo, and this is Linking the Travel Industry.
0: The format of this discussion, in case you're new to this event, is evolving around a post I do on a Friday where we've gathered up the most talked about industry news and then we discuss them in a bit more detail here. And as we say, you are more than welcome to take part if one of the stories or any of the stories, in fact, raise your interest my first story last week. I'm sure this is delightful news for you, Anne. This is exactly the sort of thing you like. It's uh, ITA or Ita Airways. They're announcing an intermodal offering with Deutsche Bahn. Sounds really good. They're effectively telling us that ITA passengers flying from Rome and Lenata to Frankfurt can continue their journey through Germany or into Switzerland on board Deutsche Bahn via a single ticket. Great news. Um, but why aren't we hearing more of this, Anne? Right?
1: As you know, I'm passionate about intermodal. So really, really good news. I would like to sort of better understand what sort of technology they're using and how interactive that is, or if it's just sort of a generic price that you pay for that continuation of your trip. But it's a great step in the right direction.
0: Oh, absolutely. So that is uh, very good news. Mohit, you've raised your hand joining us. Thank you. Welcome. You have a comment on the story? Yes. Good evening, Rian.
3: Actually, I do believe that intermodality is the, you know, the future of travel. And I'm very excited to see more and more airlines and rail operators and, you know, other travel companies actually embracing this. But, you know, second to what Anne was just mentioning, we need to really look at the tech that's being used, uh, user-friendly or not, or it's like a static uh, user interface
0: indeed i mean i just traveled this week this last week on two separate uh, bookings due to a change of plans and of course the two airlines didn't speak to one another and it meant i had to collect bags exit customs go into the next one all that stuff it's just so inconvenient for the consumer and we all know it's absolutely possible for them to have done it but you know because they are competing airlines they won't do it this seems to be raising a lot of interest christoph thank you for joining us you want to do
4: a quick intro and give us your comment Hello again, my name is Krzysztof Szyminski. I've been in industry for the 27 years, specializing in alliances, network planning, also intermodal. Regarding the, the subject, the, it's interesting because Lufthansa already works with Deutsche Bahn for many years, and they've been cooperating for years together. And we need to remember that Lufthansa already bought a bit of Ita Airways. Also, what is important to remember that last year, Deutsche Bahn became a Star Alliance intermodal partner, And there is a new opportunity to connect between Star members and Deutsche Bands to Lufthansa. So everything is being prepared by Lufthansa and then Lufthansa connects to to other Star Alliance members. Of course, ITA is not a Star Alliance member, but it could be a part of that deal as well. Indeed, Christoph. Thank you for reminding us of that connection. Of course, it
0: makes sense and it's it's interesting to see how the pieces of the puzzle uh, fit in there. That's very cool. my next post was about a, a story i saw asking the question if the match anticipated railway link between the southern tip of Europe and the northern part of Africa will eventually be developed i saw this in a post by mark anthony johnson who regularly posts about developments in africa so i do follow him on that topic and uh, he's referring to this europe africa gibraltar strait you know railway link that uh, technically has been in the making for many, 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 many years now. Almost 14 years ago, they've started talking about this, but there seems to be a renewed interest in this um, development, and uh, they seem to be going forward with that. And I don't know whether you have any insights on the story, or
4: whether you've known about this development for some time.
1: I agree with you, Rian. It's very interesting.
2: I don't know anything about it, but I'm all in favor for it.
4: <laughs> it's interesting. I also haven't heard about it. What what are the ONDs? If the traffic is big enough, pay for developing the tunnel. Also, what I heard is also to connect Scandinavia to northern Germany, to Denmark, yeah. Denmark yeah. to Norway, or Denmark to Sweden. That's already in in opinion, progress. That yeah. that would be much more needed because traffic there is much bigger, and uh, I would see that connect that connection to be developed first, and then to connect Africa to Europe. Interesting facts there. And I saw this in uh, Mark Anthony Johnson's
0: post. He was mentioning the fact that Morocco, of course, already has a well-invested in high-speed rail. The northern port city of Tangier is already connected to places like Rabat and Casablanca. So this will be, you know, helping quite a lot. But there's also quite a lot of um, cargo challenges in that area, with the only option today being, you know, the expensive air or then, you know, ferries. So there is obviously quite a lot of trade happening between North Africa and, you know, Europe. So that will help. But it's uh, it's a valid point to, to understand more about the demand there. Ash, everyone on your side of the world, I think this was actually something you commented on, the fact that Choice Hotels International made a hostile bid for Wyndham Resorts or Wyndham Hotels and Resorts, actually suggesting they're worth $7.8 billion. This was in a post I saw on Skift. Significant development, Ash, or were we expecting this?
2: This was a surprise for sure. And I think that with this purchase, uh, there was a rejection of this offer. So Wyndham has rejected the offer saying that it's not in the best interest of shareholders and that uh, the valuation that they're getting is not correct based on their future plans. Uh, but this uh, combination will actually put them in a really good position when you look at the market size and where they're at today together. They'll obviously be much larger, uh, but a lot of times 1 plus 1 does not equal 2. It usually equals 1.5. So I think that they have to be a little bit careful about what they're trying to do here.
0: So that you said they've rejected that. So what happens next? have to recalculate and resubmit another bid?
2: It could go to the vote. The shareholders do decide that this is something they want. They can definitely explore it and move it forward. But they are getting a pretty huge premium on their current stock price.
0: My next story over in Asia, Thai Airways International apparently hope to complete the acquisition of Thai Smile Airways soon. I wasn't necessarily aware this was in the making, but uh, Mohit, you might have a comment on the story, right?
3: For the people I know who are very close to this, they don't even like to call it an acquisition. They say that it is an integration. But nevertheless, it's really great to see Thai recover. I think uh, main thing that you can note in the article is even with this integration, it will just be around 61% of the capacity that they were pre-pandemic. But I think Thai seems to be making all the right moves recently with their partnership announcement with SQ, TK, and more. So I think they're coming back very, bouncing back very strongly.
0: Interesting, you know, seeing it as an integration rather than an acquisition. So they obviously are working closely together already, right? Well integrated. Okay. Obviously, I think the story of the week really was, was another another strange move by American Airlines. Just, this is just very weird. Um, I know, Ash, you've got a different view on this, but the story was around the fact that they've now removed any AA advantage business benefits if your booking is made anywhere else but directly with the airline. And a lot of people questioned, well, what if the... Agent is making the working via an NDC, you know, development themselves directly. But even that apparently didn't count. And as usual, Jeff Klee gave us quite a lot of valuable insight into his post about the story. I saw some comments from you, Ash. Um, Share us your thoughts on this.
2: Yeah, I mean, the typical response from the industry is going to be that American is horrible. Why are they doing this? Every probable organization is probably going to give them a lot of negative press. But at the end of the day, what we have to understand is that American has a plan. And they're executing on that plan. What they're trying to do is a couple of things. One is that they're trying to decrease the distribution costs by taking content and moving it around. We saw them uh, with their NDC announcement back on April 3rd. That was a strategic move. That move has helped American increase revenue in third quarter by 2%. Now, that does not sound like a lot, but when you add to the fact that cost of sales was down 13%, As a result of that, that's a pretty significant number. And then when you look at the overall numbers from a loyalty perspective, their loyalty counts were up 50%. All the numbers tell you they're heading in the right direction. Uh, and so when I see this change that they're making from business extra to, biz, uh, to advantage business, they're putting it where it used to be that a TMC could accumulate points on behalf of the company through the business extra program, but now you have to book direct as a result of that. Of course, the simple response to this would be to say, you know, hey, American, uh, this is a really bad move. We don't like it. But at the end of the day, I think American is on the right track here and they are going to make a significant improvement to the program like they already have with their announcement, but now see the numbers It'll make all the sense in the world.
0: Okay, cool. But now later in the week, they announced some sunsetting of a program. There's too many terminologies in play there, so I couldn't tell whether this was it. What what was it that they stopped merge with something else?
2: So, Business Extra was their SME product, where a company could accumulate points, and this was a corporate facing product, right? So, this is what they are sunsetting. This is a 26 year old program. They're replacing it with Advantage Business. The difference being is that with Advantage Business, in order to accumulate points, you have to book on their direct channel, aka their website or mobile app, whereas with Business Extra, you could book uh, those transactions and accumulate points for even bookings made on the GDS.
0: Fascinating. Thanks for the clarification. Anybody else got a comment on this, Mahit?
3: Actually, I agree with Ash. You know, for of all the moves made by American, I think this is the... This seems to be the only one that really is beyond my understanding. So thanks, Ash, you know, for clarifying. I kind of agree with Jeff also, you know, this is not a really pro-user announcement. I I agree to whatever they are trying to do on the distribution front.
2: The end user is a traveler, then I would say it is very pro because business travelers love to book their travel on airline websites. From that yeah. perspective, it's good. It's targeted towards SMEs, which just means that you know you don't have a discount program with American, uh, mm-hmm. so it is pro-user. From that perspective, yes, the TMC is the only one who's not going to be happy with this result because okay. they are no longer involved in the process of helping a company accumulate points for reservations booked through the GDS. So American is taking their smaller companies, uh, shifting their behavior. You know, if if getting the points is so important, then book it on our website.
3: No, it makes sense. Thanks, Ash. Yeah. It
1: does make sense. Thank you so much for clarifying this, Ash. And it makes, it actually, it makes perfect sense because if you've got a corporate SME product, that should really be direct. And I just want to say, you know, it is amazing what happens when the Americans get involved. We've had more stuff happening in the NDC space in less than a year than we've had with, what, 11 years in Europe in the past. So obviously we can conclude that Americans are fast movers in this
2: world. Well, thank you very much.
0: <laughs> yes, indeed. That is very true, Anne. And um, uh, again, I, I would echo that. Thank you, Ash, for clarifying that because it wasn't you know, that clear to me. Okay, let's move on. My next story, I have never heard of these guys before, but apparently Munich-based corporate travel and expense platform Lanes and Planes, they got a $35 million funding round. I've never heard of them. Anne, have you heard of them before?
1: Never heard of them. But somebody million. is willing to give them $35 million. So. <laughs> Somebody's obviously
2: heard something that we haven't heard. I think, I think it's in heard. the name. I think it's in the name. Lanes and Plains. It sounds like something we would invest It's a good name.
3: 35 like million it.
0: of it. Um, come on, you you like names like this, right? You've got a comment on this for sure
3: quite a unique name uh, i think and thanks to your post i've also got to know uh, you know know them and i've looked them up so they claim to have lower fees transparent pricing and you know, also in house the uh, customer service all the you know all the check boxes there uh, which i think is better for a sm- small and medium sized tmc they've created a good base for themselves but i think scaling effectively I think that's the tough part. So all the best to them, you know, to make good of the thirty-five million dollar.
0: And then speaking of the monies, um, very nice to see Iceland Air announcing profits of eighty-five million dollars in one quarter, making them one of the most profitable airlines around. I did not know this about them, and you know, why don't we talk about Iceland Air more?
1: It's actually like Thai, isn't it? They've really reemerged, right? They've reinvented, they've taken advantage of the post pandemic. It's great to see. I mean, obviously some people really get it.
3: It
4: works well for passengers, but it doesn't work well for the cargo. So it should become the money should be coming from passenger business between Europe and North America. And also recently Ayata said that this is the best intercontinental market in twenty twenty three.
0: Next story was just about budget carrier Cebu Pacific Air. They are getting in line to also order some new planes, potentially worth to up to 12 billion. I did see a a further update on that post this morning, but that's interesting. I must admit, I'm not very familiar with uh, Cebu Pacific Air themselves, but again, it must be a great time to be in the airplane manufacturing business.
3: And let me give you a stat first. You know, pre-pandemic, the average year gap for airlines to order aircraft from Airbus and Boeing was around two to three years. However, post pandemic, this gap has increased to three to five years. Continue to see airlines. You know, trying to secure their aircraft deliveries because they see that there could be issues. You know, owing to the great demand and many other other uncertainties. Cebu Pacific is a big player uh, in the Asia Pacific region, a Philippines-based carrier. So, yeah, good good to see demand coming back.
1: Well, I know them actually quite well. I, I used to work in the Philippines, and they're a great airline.
0: We um, we host this event not just to bring you the latest news, but also to bring you a connection request if you want, or to see how many people in the industry can connect to. And that's why we call it Linking the Travel Industry. So if you haven't gone through the list of people on in the audience today and made sure you are connected to them, please do so because we do encourage you to be connected to as many people participating in our event. We also pick up one specific individual and then name them our Link of the Week. And this week, I hope I'm going to pronounce this person's name correctly, I would like to nominate Deepan Sony as our Link of the Week. Dupin is based out of Mumbai and he is currently uh, working with Accelia Group and he's a regular listener so Dupin is really nice to see you here on a very regular basis. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving us your time. And uh, for those who are not connected to Depend, I would encourage you to be connected to him and make sure that you are well done, Depend, on being our link of the week. And um, thank you to everybody else for giving us your time on a Monday to join us here on Linking the Travel Industry. Back to my list of stories. After Cebu Air, I talked about TripStack. They've named Air, Nok Air, N O K Air, as the first carrier for their virtual interlining solution. So we seem to have a lot of talk today about intermodal and interline and virtual interline. Um, TripStack, obviously part of Etraveli Group, they've gone ahead with this announcement. It's caused quite a lot of discussion and reposts, etc. People are very um, excited about this. We to know you know. These guys, what are your thoughts on the story?
3: I am actually ex-Tripstack, so (laughs) I can really vouch for the team at Tripstack. They're one of the best people working to solve the complexities of virtual interlining. What stood out for me in the article was, you know, something that they mentioned about through bag. That's the friction point, as you just encountered in your travels, recent travels. You know, getting that bag out of one belt and getting it to the next one, that is mainly what is the deciding factor for users to, you know, make a go or a no-go. So, you know, waiting to see if airports or any other third-party solutions are trying to solve for this one, some serious dollars out of this. Shouldn't this
1: be a service that the airport provides or that uh, some other player provides? Uh, Because the customer wants to combine different airlines and i think that airlines should embrace it
0: no doubt about that absolutely
1: in my experience this
0: week I just want to mention something else which is relatable. It's not it's not intermodal. Well it sort of touches on that as well. But um there's it's interesting to see the experience now with so-called self-servicing at airports versus you know being assisted. And I wonder if it's gone to the from the one extreme to the other, right? Because at Munich Airport where I was transiting, I'm gonna name them Lufthansa made me do my own check-in at the machine, right? Uh, where you have to print the the actual label that you have to put around the suitcase hanging. And, you know, you have to tear that thing in a very specific way to get it to stick right and all that sort of stuff. And I had two bags because they emailed me ahead of time to say the plane's going to be full. Please also check in your cabin bag, which I, you know, diligently did, obviously only to discover half the other passengers did not do any of that at all, bringing on two or three bags at a time. So there's all that chaos. And in the midst of all that, the staff are standing around looking on their phones and chatting to staff and having a great time. The man behind me mentioned this, you know, he said, here I am doing the job of the the airline (laughs) what they're doing is they chit chatting and standing around so there's it's it's a fine line right because you you do want to help yourself you do want to be helped but you know you also want to make sure the staff you know you know that it created that whole feeling that here we are doing the job of the airline and they sitting back laughing So. You
1: know, that's so funny you should mention that because I've had the same observation at Copenhagen Airport, mm-hmm. which is my departure airport. And very, very similar because it's the same thing. The staff are sort of staring at their mobile phones mm-hmm. and chatting. They don't even seem approachable. I have exactly the same thoughts. Shouldn't they just be replaced then by robots or something a bit more cost efficient or
0: what's the experience in the States with the self servicing kiosk? Do you do you get that same feeling that you're doing the job of the airline?
2: Well, I always fly first class and business class, so I never have to worry about any of those, which is which is kind of how it should be. I, but there's two things to solve here, right? One is that I think it's robotics that can solve some of these issues, uh, which I think in the very near future we'll see this happening in travel. The second thing is that if you want people to check in their bags, why not incentivize them? You know, give people 500 bonus miles that encourages them to check in their bag. Exactly. I mean,
4: Space
2: news. I hope so, Ash, because now I've played the music. Yes, we do have Space News, um, and this is actually a great piece of news uh, that's coming out of SpaceX. If you remember, Rian, at the start of the year, the goal was to hit 100 launches. And this past Saturday, they hit number 75.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So they're pretty much on track uh, to hit their 100 number, I think. This is actually another uh, Starling constellation piece going up in the sky. Yeah, it's just amazing. Like 60 minutes after launch, the Starlink satellite's up and running in space. You, mean, you
0: cannot, you cannot, uh, that's just incredible. I mean, I can't even get over that. So, I mean, that is incredible so i think that is pretty much the end of the show there um those were the stories from my side and and obviously is in madrid with training so she can't uh, give us her closing but we do this every week in case you found the stories very interesting and want to stay in the loop apart from joining us which ash will tell you about more in a second you can find on my profile also a link to subscribe to these stories and get them sent to your inbox and then uh obviously get that once a week but from my side thank you to everybody well done depend for being our link of the week for everybody else giving us your time for the contributions christoph and mohit thank you so much i'll show it to you to close
2: us up Alright, thank you everyone for joining today's session. We host this LinkedIn audio call every week on Monday and it is all about linking the travel industry. Please do share this event with everyone that you know. Chances are high that if you enjoy today's session, others that you know will as well. And if you cannot make it because of time zone or availability, we make the session available as a podcast on businesstravel360.com. This is Linking the Travel Industry, signing off.